Hello guys, hello guys, welcome back to the podcast with your host that does the absolute most, Evan Youngblood Williams here once again, coming at you from the house of greatness guys, and tonight I have a special guest that goes by the name of Kirby Williams, and so here's a little bit about her. Kirby was born and raised in Houston, Texas with the drive to go into the production world. Her passion of filmmaking and photography started off at the tender age of 14 when she had a small camera. Through the years, Kirby fell in love with editing and anything that involves cameras, making people happy, and helping people to fulfill their dreams. Kirby has worked on several films, photo shoots, TV shows, edited, interviewed, and worked in HBO with big names such as Matthew Knowles, Mayor Sylvester Turner, the Houston Rockets, and Jordan Sparks. Her goal is to create and inspire many. So without further ado, let's get this party started. Hello. Hey, Kirby. Hey. Yeah, so I don't know what happened, but yeah, something cut out. Yeah, I didn't like me speaking. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. But yeah, it was nice, you know, uh, working with you because I, I mentioned, um, <clears throat> I said we've been knowing each other online for a long time. And then we finally got a chance to work together. Now, that was awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So the first question that I want to ask you is, what was the greatest challenge that you faced thus far as a creative? I think the the biggest challenge that I faced so far as a creator is more so is like, how can I say it? Like the biggest challenge I face is just like, you know how when you come up with an idea, it's just like coming up with the ideas part. Yes. It's just like (laughs) you want to create something and it's like you get that, like, let's just say, for example, I'm sitting in right now, room right now, and I'm like, okay, I got my laptop in front of me and I just want to write something. But then like when you try to open pages or whatever that you work in, it's like you get writer's block. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like, I don't have nothing like to think about. And you know, like the crazy part about it, like for example, today, it always happens when I'm in the most awkwardest, the most strangest places ever. Like I was just sitting in front of right, the right. earlier today and I just came up with the most, I mean, I wrote like a, like four, five, ten pages worth of sticky notes because a random idea popped in my head. So <laughs> I just hate when that happens. But it, it just comes out, you know, when I come up with those ideas, that's why I always carry like a little notepad or a little sticky note with me because it's just like when I come up with an idea, it's just like at an awkward time in a bad moment. And I'm like, really, you know? <laughs> yeah, that often happens to me as well, you know. I can be in class just, like, working on some classwork, and then all of a sudden I get, like, an idea for, like, one of my uh-huh. scenes or for a YouTube video or for a um, <laughs> podcast episode. Uh-huh. And then I remember just sitting in geology class, uh-huh. and the TAs are real strict about having no cell phones out. So I had uh-huh. this idea that I was burning right down, but I can't pull out my phone because I didn't want to right. risk getting you know, caught, and then they talking about, mm-hmm. you know, that's academic dishonesty, when in reality, I'm just trying to write an mm-hmm. idea down, 
you know, to solidify <laughs> it in physical reality. So, right. yeah, you know, I definitely relate to that notion of, you know, when you have this idea that's burning to get out of you, but it comes right. at the most inoppor- inopportune time. Right. And you know, it's so crazy, too, because that reminded me as well when you mentioned that, like when you can't have your phone out and stuff like that. It's like when you dream about something and like you have to when you wake up, you have to hurry up and write it down because I know for a fact I'm going to forget it. Yeah, so, that's with me a lot. It's like, yeah. So I like always have like my little notepad to the side because I mean, like I say, the ideas come in the most awkwardest moments. But I know it's like when you mentioned, I said, okay, yeah, I had a dream about something recently. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's a that's a short film. You know, I'm about to get my little notepad and just jot it down. And then when I get back to it, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go now. So, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I definitely, you know, I write most of my stuff down on my phone, but I do have times where I've written ideas down on like regular Mm -hmm. pen and paper just so I can write get those ideas down and solidify them into reality so that in case when I'm trying to search for an idea you know mm-hmm. that I want to bring to life I already have that list that I've written down and I'm like I'm, I thank goodness that I wrote these ideas down and I didn't let them slip away because that's what right. happens to most creatives because you know most of us are working nine to five jobs I don't work a nine mm-hmm. to five job at the moment but, you mm-hmm. know, I've been mainly making money with, like, the first two paying gigs, you being one of them thus far, mm-hmm. you know, making money doing what I love, you know, and that's right. very, very rare, you know, even amongst the 21-year-old, because most mm-hmm. people don't get their first paying gigs until they're, like, in their late 20s or their early 30s, yes. or sometimes even later than that. Later than that, so, <laughs> exactly. So, in my mind, I felt like a late bloomer, but I actually started off quite early you know getting a hundred dollars you know because I remember yesterday I watched this YouTube video Mm -hmm. by this damn I forgot the name no Swift (laughs) Productions Swift Productions that's the name of his YouTube channel that's the name of his YouTube channel and he talked about he started shooting videos at 17 in the 11th grade and I was like man I can relate to that shit because that's when I started shooting videos um when and broadcast journalism class just by doing the school news. It was I wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. film related at the time. I was just shooting videos for the school news every single day. Right. You know, and it was very it was mm-hmm. at a time where we were doing daily shows just about every freaking day. And for <laughs> me start, <laughs> being being an amateur videographer, I didn't I was highly stressed as hell because I'm like, damn, <laughs> we gotta create a video every damn day, just about. But at the same time, that's when I was having my most fun because it was challenging. It was outside of my comfort zone. And that's another thing, you know, that I know that Mm -hmm. you are an expert in because I know that you had to take loads of quantum leaps to get to where you are today. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. Like I say, my story started when I was 14. Like, I mean, matter of fact, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. Yeah, that's quite young. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I say I knew for a fact later on along the realm that I was going to end up in video production when I was a little girl cuz <coughs> like how we had the creativity talk. I was always a creative individual when I was a little girl. I always came up with all kinds of crazy stuff. 
And I remember like just drawing like all kinds of just interesting things and stuff like that. And I remember too, like, I mean, like, you know, I said I was 14, but I said, I'm gonna skip back. I'm gonna go way back when I was a child. I remember, <laughs> I still remember that time when I was like on the playground and yeah. I remember just visualizing like, okay, well, I'm a little kid, you know, I'm a little girl, I'm in third grade and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm sitting here with my friends on the swing and stuff like that. And I just remember like just closing my eyes and you know how like when a movie starts and you got a little, the little black, <laughs> the widescreen yeah. effect and stuff like that. I yeah, remember yeah, yeah. So funny. I remember when I was a little girl, I just closed my eyes a little bit halfway and I visualized myself on a movie set. And just crazy, you know, I mean, this is crazy because I'm just now mentioning this today, but I still remember that day when I was just on the playground doing that. And I'm like, look where I'm at today. But I got Damn. my first camera Yeah, it's interesting to think about that, but that's my first time mentioning this today. But I said, I really didn't take it like really serious till later on. But, you know, it's just like you go back to your childhood. It's like something being in film is just something, you know, whatever that you have. I don't care if it's film, photography, if you want to be a police officer or, you know, like a doctor or whatever. If it's in your blood to do it, it's going to be in your blood. You're going to be born with it. And yeah. My, I agree. And my, yes. And like mine is just, film you know film like cameras and making people happy like my mom bought me my very first camera when I was 14 years old I mean it wasn't the best camera you know it was a cheap <laughs> little DSLR camera from Walmart I mean not even a DSLR camera it's like an old school webcam not even a webcam it was just like an old school like digital camera I still have that camera to this day. I just got to find it. It's in my boxes somewhere. But I just remember, like, I used to create, like, all kinds of, like, crazy photos and videos with it. And it didn't, it wasn't the best quality because, get me wrong, the camera was about $9. So you can imagine what <laughs> $9 camera. That's ultra rare. Yes. yes. But, hey, it, it, it was enough to produce an image. So... <laughs> I worked with it. I worked with it. But I really didn't get my very first camera until, like, hey, probably my real, real, real first pr digital producing camera when I was, like, 15. And that's when I really started mm. taking, you know, videos more serious because the camera could, like, actually record. I could see people with it. And, you know, I took it to the next level, and I just started, like, you know, I just started creating with it. I just started doing parodies and, like, you know, wow. parodies and, you know, just, like, getting on movie, Windows Movie Maker back in, I mean, I don't know if they still make it to this day, but... No, they <laughs> Windows... don't, sadly, they don't have it available now, which is dumb, in my opinion, because that, that software, even though I've never even touched it, you know, that was, like, you know, what people used in, like, the late 90s and the 2000s to make, like, little cutie movies, and I'm just thinking, like, had I... Ex had I been, like, my age mm -hmm. back during the 2000s, because, like, mm -hmm. I find myself having serious nostalgia, like, listening to old music, watching movies right. from my childhood, just taking myself back. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if, had I been, like, a teenager or, like, in mm -hmm. my early 20s like I am now back then, you know, mm -hmm. it would have it had to been, like, you know, videos back then were interesting, 
in terms of like the creativity because it's like the y'all we didn't have mm-hmm. YouTube back then to reference to look up right. tutorial videos on how to do this effect or do that effect or how to frame shots you know we had to I've... y'all had to work hard you know even mm-hmm. though we're a part of the same generation like you mm-hmm. was born in the late 80s I was born in the late 90s like you know mm-hmm. y'all didn't have that option to just hop on YouTube or go to YouTube <laughs> and just look up how to nope. you know, the business side or how to shoot this or how to shoot that because basically you know our my part of the generation is very sport mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. also very like creatively you know mm-hmm. that because there's so much information out there just just thrown right on the daily right you know and like what you mentioned like we I can say today, you know, I say you guys got it made and use the best YouTube university tutorials that you can use because it don't matter how old you are. I'm still going there looking at stuff. I say, thank goodness this stuff is created now because it makes us even better. Back then, late 90s, you know, early 2000s, we were looking up books and stuff like that. Like they didn't really have that much, you know, like as mentioned, you know, like I I mean, you don't even make Windows Movie Maker no more. Like, you know, that's, I mean, a lot of people can't afford, like, these editing yeah, tools. Like, like, for them to take Adobe that away. Premiere. Yeah, like Adobe like, Premiere and Avid and Final Cut. And Avid is the most expensive because mm-hmm. I looked it up mm-hmm. and it's around, like, a thousand something dollars. Plus, you have to pay if you want the updates. Whereas with Adobe yep. Premiere, you pay monthly and you get free updates. Mm-hmm. And Final Cut, you just pay $300. Plus, you paid a thousand something dollars for a MacBook or an iMac, you know. Exactly. You get free updates. So, with Avid, mm-hmm. I just think that that's just silly shit because why would it you charge a thousand plus make a person pay for a freaking, you know, updates? Like, that's just like siphoning money unnecessarily, in my opinion. But. I mean, to be honest with you, and I'm one of the people who used to do it, though, and I know why they're doing it is just to target pirates, because back in the days, and I'm not going to lie, like, <laughs> and don't, don't, people, I mean, y'all can't do it no more, but back in the early 2000s and stuff like that, people were pirating Adobe Premiere and, like, um, like all those programs. It was so easy to pirate them. Like, that's why I have my little starts, too. But, I mean, I understand it's for the better. And, like, the older that I get, you yeah. know, and comparing the younger Kirby back then, like, okay, well, shoot, I'm going to pay for it. I don't even care anymore. But <laughs> but back then, like, I really, like, you know, I used to get all the software. I'm going to lie. I used to get that software for free back then. But, <laughs> 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 but I understand Adobe wants their coins. So. Yeah. So totally understand that. But it just sucks though, because for the people who want to get into editing and they can't afford those essentials, it just sucks that they can't, you know, they don't have like those free materials on their whatever machine that they have unless they get an iMac or something like that in this iMovie. And like Windows for me, my first editing start was in Windows Movie Maker. And I think it was another one. No, no, that's actually a a, a photo editing program, but 
my first, like I say, my first start was in Windows Movie Maker. I created all kinds of stuff and stuff in it before I got like more advanced into it. But it's like, you know, yeah, you get your start from you got you. Everybody has their start somewhere when it comes to editing. So, <laughs> but dang, it's just amazing how the times have changed, though. It's just like, wow. But, you know, you, I mean, like my advice, you know, right now Adobe is like $19.99 a month if you want to get the premiere subscription. Like, if you're really serious about it, you know, I mean, now, especially in today's world, like, you know, now if you can't afford an iMac or like, um, what you call it, if you don't have like a Windows computer, you can't afford like all those tools or whatever. Yeah, the Mac, you know. But. Mm -hmm, and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then also before I delve into visualization, I want to mention mm -hmm. that there are free softwares for you to use, like DaVinci Resolve. It's like mm -hmm. that that shit is like very advanced for a free yep. video editing software. Like you can do master color grading with just the free version alone. And when I first heard of that, I was like, mm -hmm. damn, so you get all this for free? <laughs> yep. It's a, it, you, yeah, you, we actually had a, me and another guy, we had a talk today how DaVinci I mean I have DaVinci I never touched it yet but like it's amazing how like you do have options so like for people who say I don't I can't do this or can't do that don't even say that you can't you do have options out there so especially with the apps as well like even using your phone because I know some yeah. people don't even have a computer <laughs> and they use their phone to edit a lot of stuff so there are options out there you just got to find it and utilize it and just run with it. Yeah. And then also, like, if you're into, like, green screen and compositing, you can download HitFilm mm -hmm. Express because that's very visual effects heavy. That's for free. You can also mm -hmm. download Shotcut. Shotcut? Yep. Mm, it's okay to me. I didn't really <laughs> like it all that much because it was hard right. for me to like put text in there and to be able to resize mm -hmm. it and stuff like that. And it's very bare bones. So if you're just right. looking for a, something bare bones, something that's that's semi easy to pick up, then Shotcut mm -hmm. would be for you because it doesn't require that much RAM. Whereas Hit Film Express and DaVinci Resolve, yeah, yeah, yes. they're free, but they require your computer to have you know, great RAM, mm -hmm. because I remember I was importing video clips mm -hmm. in those on my 2011 MacBook Pro, and, mm -hmm. you know, my video clips kept stuttering, and I was just like, why is this happening? Like, what the hell? Yep. That's that RAM. <laughs> That's that RAM, and another thing, too, especially when it comes to editing, make sure that you have some RAM on your computer, and take good care of your computer, because that means a lot when it comes to editing. Worst case scenario is if you're editing and then your your computer is full, your computer going to start crashing in the middle of an edit. And you don't want that yeah. to happen, especially if you've been working on it for the past three days and it crashes. That's not cool. So... <laughs> Yeah, and I also want to delve deeper into visualization because I also am mm -hmm. a spirituality nerd in personal development. And, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know if you're familiar with the law of attraction, but, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people in the spiritual communities talk about visualization. And you mentioning it, that you was doing it at that young of an age is remarkable because mm -hmm. most kids aren't visualizing their future. <laughs> most kids are like, Farting around, playing with glue, playing on the playground, yep. playing video games, eating candy, mm -hmm. nagging their parents to death and watching <laughs> hours upon hours upon hours of television. 
but yes. you, you was thinking about creating from the start and you know that's something mm-hmm. else that I want to delve deeper on with visualization is that you have to you visual it sounds like you visualized your life in great detail you know yeah. you put some thought into it as a child you didn't just say oh I just want to make movies for a living like you actually thought this mm-hmm. stuff out to the T like that's a <laughs> and that's another it's- thing that I, I don't mean to interrupt you but that's another mm-hmm, thing that did. I want to drive home to my audience is that you can't just be vague with your visualizations you have to really go into detail really think about what you exactly what you want get real specific correct yes 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 it's just one thing and even too like I remember too when I went to school as well when I went to college like I remember when I said like okay well I want to get into film and I really didn't even know what I really wanted to be and that's you know I knew that for a later along the realm, I was going to end up being in this, but I didn't really serious serious as I'm doing it right now. But I was, you know, I had my, I had my, you know, counterparts or whatever. And I had like my trials and tribulations and like, I was just doing it because I love doing it. But, you know, it, it started to become more of a passion too, because I know that I, in my heart, that's what I love to do is just cr- to create. And just my thing is this is like when I create, it's just like I always say this, but it's I, I, I remember watching a Stephen King interview and Stephen King is one of my favorite one of my favorite people as well. I love Stephen King. But I remember um an interview I was watching with him and he said he just said it point blank, just being blunt. He said that we get paid to lie. And I said, <laughs> he really just Damn, said that. that is so true. I love that. That I is so true, that. especially <laughs> especially in show business. Like you're create, we're creating these illusions for the audiences to believe. You know, yes. <laughs> we basically was... get paid to deceive people, and that does unsettle me a bit because I am highly into spirituality, but at the same uh-huh. time, I love acting and filmmaking, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. bruh. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny you mentioned too acting because I said I used to be. I that's another sign that I knew I was going to get into this stuff because my first love was acting. I used to be in acting. I used to do commercials. Wow. And so like our stories are stuff. very similar, despite our <laughs> yes. age, despite on how late we started. Because I started in this stuff like around like 16 17 years old but you started way earlier than that i mean it was just like two year difference you still young you know yeah you were still young so i mean we both was in high school so let's just say it like that we both was in high school (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it was it was like you know back in back in high school i no high school middle school whatever matter of fact when i was a kid i was acting and I didn't think about, you know, actually getting behind the camera and creating this stuff. You know, I was, you know, I was visualizing this stuff. But I didn't know it was going to be like my life later on. I didn't know I was, this was going to be like, I pretty much wake up, get my camera and go or wake up. Oh, shoot. I got to edit something today instead of like, I got to flip some burgers at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's a good problem to have. Yes. And it's just crazy because I say what really I, I love the fact that, you know, 
having that exposure to that you know that world and like seeing the camera people get their cameras the lighting people get their lighting equipment and it was like all that stuff excited me because I was already doing that stuff I mean I was like I I wasn't big and professional big and bad like them then but (laughs) 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 but I was I had me a small little camera and I was creating some cool stuff with it and I'm like this is really cool you know I mean, I could have been doing other things, but, you know, I was a nerd, you know, I was at home editing and shooting stuff and like creating and writing. And I even created a little comic back then. It's just like, you know, it's just like (laughs) (laughs) the whole acting world just like really changed my mind forever. And like I say, it's like all the stuff that you're exposed to, you just, it just follows you along the way. And it's just like, it's just like wow like look where I'm at today and I think about my stuff way back when it's like dang I have came a long way yeah and another thing too like I remember I used to go to U of H and I that's why I'm studying theater now go go Cougs yes go Cougs but I went to U of H for a little little bit and I was studying theater and uh, because I was into acting as well I was an actor I said okay well maybe I'm gonna go to U of H and study theater but the thing about it, I really got my exposure was when we, I forgot the name of that play, but I was in charge of lighting. And, you know, <laughs> little old me, yeah. like, I was I was having a great time doing that. It was fun. <laughs> you know? Some people would say, like, oh, that's boring, you know? But we were sitting there all day just hooking up lights, just stage lights and stuff. And I was like, this is so much fun. And then later along the round, look at me today. <laughs> yeah, and so I also want to ask in regards to getting your first paying job. So what were mm-hmm. some blocks that were holding you back from getting paid to do what you love? And how did you overcome those blocks? Being in school and being around the people, I'm just going to say it like this. And I'm going to be point, <clears throat> point blank and blunt. Look at the people who you are around and look at, you know, just look at the people are you around and, you know, And think about, I ain't going to say like, think about, of course, like you already know what you want to do. And my thing with this was like, of course, yeah, I was shooting some stuff. But then again, like, I'm ready to take this stuff to the next level. I'm still in school, you know, I'm ready to get some money, you know. I'm not waiting until I get my degree. Yeah, I'm not waiting until (laughs) I go into like $50,000 in debt before I can get paid. I just, I had it in my mind. that I want to get paid right now. I want to get some money in my pocket Mm -hmm. so I can be able to do what I need to do for me and not rely on mama to get everything. Exactly. Correct, correct, and correct with a capital C. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, like, one thing about being in school, I always tell people, go to school, study what you want to do, and run with it. You know, yeah, it's it's creative. You're doing these student projects and stuff like that. But don't wait till graduation and then just wait to get a job. Do it right now. Because I didn't get my first, I didn't actually get my first paying gig till, ooh, I got to think about that. Um, <laughs> I really got to think about that. I didn't really get my first paying gig till, real serious paying gig till I was in um my freshman year of college Mm. it was my freshman year of college and the only thing like I said I'm here I'm here I will do my work but my mind 
is I want to be in the field that I want to be in. I don't have time to wait till the last minute because what's going to happen is this. Once you get out of there, people looking for experience. Like a student film ain't no experience. I mean, it is experience, but people are looking at who, which company do you work for? Which top people that you did? Like, we want to see your work. We want to see this. We want to see that. And the thing on my mind is, I got to get my grind. It's time for me to start building my resume up, you know, taking some internships at some real top dogs. Like, I like, I I got time for this student project. It's only, it's good for me to get the grade, but on my mind, I said, it's time for me to get on my grind. Like, I'm ready to start getting some real paid work with this stuff. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be waiting. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm getting ready to graduate, you know. I'm getting ready to graduate. Um, I went back, actually went back to school. It took a while for me to go back, but I went back to school to get my bachelor's. But I'm already got a job. Like I already got a job. I had my first. Um, I got my actually my first my first job job dealing with you know filming. Actually getting paid was actually I got a, a TV gig. Mm. I, well, I not a TV gig. Like I, I worked at a TV station. I got an opportunity to work at a TV station. It was under the table. Like I say, it's all about who you know. So yeah. <laughs> it was all about who you know, and that was like my no my um what was that? My first paying gig was actually like you know freelancing and stuff like that. But my biggest paying gig was like shoot, was it freshman's junior junior year? I started doing like um matter of fact, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna go way back. I'm actually gonna go back back. Cause my first pan gig was I was shooting football games. Football games and like basketball games, just sports stuff. And you know, I I've learned so much from doing that. And if I was to go back into it, I already know what to do because I'm also thinking about doing that again. And but instead I'm gonna do it underneath my business. But you know, I was just learning like how to shoot wide angle shots and how to do just live action stuff. And I have had opportunities along the way. This guy wanted me to come to Dallas and like shoot because he liked the way I was shooting. I said, I just got this little camera. He just gave me a little, you know, this little old school, like, um, I don't know. It's like the little hand handheld camera. I still have them at Best Buy, but that's what we were shooting with. And a guy liked the way that I was shooting for some odd reason. And he said, like, "Hey, I want you to come to Dallas with me. I want you to come to Dallas." And I'm like, "I'm still in school, you know." But <laughs> I was young, and stupid back then. But <laughs> but yeah, it was just like I was just constantly looking for work while I was in school. Like you, you can't, you know. I I don't know like, who. The listeners are whatever of course like i'm quite sure it's like a lot of college kids out there that's listening guys if you're in school and you have like whatever i don't care if it's dealing with film or whatever if you have like a passion or dream or whatever and you're still in school start looking for the jobs and the internships right now because that's what's going to build your resume and once you get out that's when you're going to land some really big gigs and especially even when you're in school because people are going to see what you got and once you got all this stuff built up, that's when them jobs going to start coming. Because I started getting jobs, like, while I was in college. So, because I was just eager. Like, I didn't have time to just sit and just like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm doing this student project. Because once you sit with that student stuff, you're going to always be stick- sticking with that student stuff. Because I know yeah. people that are in their 40s still going to community college. And I <clears> went to school with them. I'm not going to, like, years, like, I'm going to say it was a couple years ago. And they're still... I still see him on Facebook. I'm like, mm. damn. You 
Yeah. <laughs> older than me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. damn. You, I'm like, I, I'm not going to say any names, but I know one dude. I'm not going to say where he works at, but I know where he works at. It's a fast food joint. And I'm like, damn, you still over there? Damn. That's no all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I can definitely saying. relate to being caught in that trap because one of the biggest blocks for me from getting my first mm-hmm. gig was believing that I wasn't worthy enough to get it. Even though I had people mm-hmm. praising me for my work saying, damn, son, your shit is amazing. Like, I really do love your mm-hmm. work. I had professionals telling me this, but I still had mm-hmm. that fearfulness of stepping out on my own and making shit happen for myself because I was right. the mommy's <laughs> thumb for a really long time and I was afraid mm-hmm. of going out and venturing on my own but this year mm-hmm. I really ramped it up into high gear and I got sick and fucking tired of sitting in my comfort mm-hmm. zone and just doing mm-hmm. free project the free project the free project and I will say this just like Kirby said to me <laughs> on Sunday you know yeah it's nice to be doing student projects but a lot of the time mm-hmm. students aren't thinking big enough. They're just thinking about mm-hmm. what I got to do for this assignment and getting that grade. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about their future. They're not thinking about how they can step outside the box and build their own brand. And that's the flaws that I noticed when I was at Lamar University was, yeah, they mm-hmm. were talented and creative, but they didn't think big. And thus that mindset mm-hmm. to my consciousness and that caused me to start thinking small and for me to shrink down myself just to try to appease them and to make them happy and to do everything for the grade, you know, and I was missing the bigger right. picture, but, you know, ever since, you know, my partner stepped <clears> into <throat> my life and I moved over to U of H, shit has really changed for me. And like, now I'm starting to get paid for mm-hmm. my work. You know, people respect me a whole lot more, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, do- I'm getting paid mm-hmm. to do what I love, you know, and I started this podcast, I started a YouTube mm-hmm. channel you know, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still a work in progress, but, you know, I've been taking lots and lots and lots of quantum leaps, and it definitely feels good to say that mm-hmm. I'm getting paid to do what I love now. And it, right. took, it took years to get to this point. It took a lot of working on myself to get here. Right. And you just, like I say, step out. When you're ready to step out of that comfort zone, you better step out of that comfort zone real quick because what's going to happen is, yeah, free projects are good. And don't get me wrong, because I've done a, tons of free projects in the past. And the reason why I did them was, to, uh, was because just to benefit myself. Now, like, now, now there's other situations as well. If it's like something like super big, like a big, like, production that's really going to benefit you, even though they might say it might be for free, you still take that job because what's going to happen is going to be some people that's in that field that can connect with you. But as for like that small stuff, I'm going to say that small shit. You know, this show, this much. show has the little ease next to the episode. It's explicit. So Hell yeah. you can go ahead and curse as much as you want. Hell yeah. I'm just going to say like all that little small shit, you got to cut that small shit out because if you're going to, if you're going to keep doing small shit, you're going to always keep doing small shit forever. And what's going to happen, you're going to always keep those, those cheap people that don't want to pay you. Yeah. They don't, uh, and when you start, they don't give a fuck mm-hmm. about your craft. They just want some. No. They just want free work, and they're gonna be the main ones that's gonna be hollering when I'm done with we gonna be done with my shit. No, 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 no. 
So pretty much when you start putting your prices up, that's when people are going to start coming. That's when those free people are going to weed out your way because they don't want to pay you. And yeah. that's when more serious people are going to come your way. Yeah. And I tell this to everybody. I tell this to everybody. I even tell this to graphic to the um, graphic designers and musicians too. Like I like I tell them, I say you need to stop doing that free shit because you're getting too many free people. And those free people are telling other free people and them other free people are gonna tell yeah. other free people. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Put the <sighs> and another thing as well, like I told this other photographer, well, she's my cousin. She always be telling me, like, hey Kirby, like how much should I charge? And I'm like, charge them this price. You know, like know what you're worth. If you know that you're worth, like, if you got, like, a never be afraid to tell people your prices. Know what you're worth. If you feel that your craft is worth, like, five and $600 stuff, you know, charge it. If yeah. those people don't want to pay, I ain't got no time for you because you weren't you good anyway. <laughs> yeah, and also, Some... <laughs> I had this, mm-hmm. you know, individual that I kept seeing around campus, and he's, mm-hmm. like, a law major, and he kept saying, hey, me and my friends need a commercial. So I handed him my card and everything. And then I told mm-hmm. him, you know, you know, through text message that I do charge, you know, $100 for a 30-second video. Anything that's longer than that is going to be higher, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he just said, well, never mind. I don't need a video. And so that's a prime <laughs> example of weeding out the fucking mm-hmm. cheapskates that don't want to pay mm-hmm. you what you charge. And that's what... I'm going to tell anybody, not just videographers, Mm -hmm. but anybody in Mm -hmm. the arts in general, is to don't give people discounts. If they're not willing to pay the full price, you don't need to fuck with them at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, I mean, that's funny that you mentioned that, too. You got to get them people right there. You know, the reason the people, the people who do film as a hobby, those people make us look bad. Yeah, they do. happy. Yeah, the it's the difference between people who do film as a hobby and the people who do film as a profession. The people who do film as a profession are the people who pretty much give more details in their work. The people who do film as a hobby are the people who like say, "Oh yeah, I'll just charge you a dollar for a video." Uh, and those people, those people that come, they come to like a real professional. They're gonna be like, "How much you charge?" Oh, I charge like fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. Oh, that's too high. Well, this is how I eat. So, yeah, yeah, basically, you know, that's why I only charge a hundred dollars minimum because I got to eat, I got to pay for textbooks, I got to get around. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be exerting myself doing free work anymore. After I was doing the paid gigs, I was like, mm-hmm. now, why in the hell did I continue to do free work knowing damn well I got a demo reel that people, yeah looked at and I'm just like man there's something wrong with this picture and like like I told you that day that more once that mirage wore off I realized how I was fucking mm-hmm. myself out of yeah doing getting paid for what I wanted to do exactly like just I can say charge I mean if you got like enough work to show that you can do some stuff start charging so I say I've done so much free work, but I've done free work for a reason because I didn't have enough work to show on my demo reel in the past. But as time went on, I started charging because I got enough work on my demo reel. So, yeah, that's when I started charging was when my, I said I'm ready for these training wheels to come off. And that's when I started charging. And then later on, I said I had to, I started with cheap prices 
for a little bit then I, I because I felt like I didn't have like enough equipment yet and as time went on as I got more and more equipment my price started rising up the cheap people started going away and it started going up and up and more cheap people started going away <laughs> and now it's like you know you get the more serious people like I had my first my real first client real I mean like everybody else was real too but like I remember my first like big client was an oil and gas company and I was uh Kirby it's a big dog now that's like when I really have to start filing taxes too on myself because once you get to that part too that's another story I'm not going to talk about that today but (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah it's like you just gotta get into that habit it's just like knowing what you're worth knowing your craft and just start weeding those people out the way like you know that's my little story on it but yeah, and um, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have like a lot of mixed feelings about college and film school. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts about film school as a whole and the whole hype around that? To be <laughs> honest with you, to be honest with you, go to film school. I mean, people people say like, <coughs> y'all need to go to film school. Don't get me wrong. Hell. I really didn't need to go to film school because I felt like YouTube University was the best place to be. <laughs> but if it wasn't for, <laughs> but hey, if it wasn't for film school, I wouldn't have never met with some of the amazing people that I'm still talking to to this day. Like, if it wasn't for film school, like, yeah, we do the projects and shit like that. But I'm talking about the networking and like how like the Houston Film Commission has like ties with some of these people and like if you get the student discounts and stuff like that. You know, all that stuff. When I was going to HCC, I met so many amazing people there. I have met so many amazing people along the way. And I still talk to them to this day. And I have some connections with other people because of those people that I met. You know, that's the main reason why I went to film school. You know, I didn't, you know, it's like going to college or whatever, finding the trade or whatever that you want to do. Like, yeah, you know, film school is great. You're going to get a degree. But to be honest with you, in this field, that degree, you know, the degree can get you like a nice, probably if you have some experience, that is, you still got to build your experience. I don't yeah. care what, I don't <laughs> care what profession, I don't care what it is. You still want to have to build some experience. And that's where, you know, where you can build your experience while you're in film school. So it's like you kind of get like some connects if you do it right. Because, hell, when I went to school, when I went to film school, I said, well, hell, I'm about to pay all this X amount of money. I'm about to take, make the best of it. I mean, yeah, I'm going to do the work, but I'm about to network with some people. I said, what y'all, y'all got with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not telling. I mean, I know some people who are successful today and they didn't go to school, but I just went just to network with people. Like, you know, I, I, I graduated, you know, I got my degree. My degree is in the drawer. I don't hang it up nowhere. So I'm seeing people like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where that degree at, to be honest with you. But like I say, I went to film school for a good cause. And because of film school, I have met amazing people. Let's just say it like that. But besides the student shit, you know, it was another lesson as well. Another lesson learned. I know this is off topic, but it also showed me that. <laughs> And this is funny as well. I remember my first student project, you know, it was like, you know how you, you be in like group projects and it's always like those one or two people that are slacking. You feel like you're doing all the work. I said, fuck this shit. I'm about to get my own camera. 
<laughs> I went to the got me a camera. I'm about to shoot my old projects. I don't want to be in no group. Y'all good. I don't even want to be in no yeah, group. Yeah, y'all whack. But y'all whack. Exactly. Exactly. Like, no. So, yeah, it taught me a whole lot. So, let's just say it like that. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, you know, that's that's like another thing, you know, about about this business is that, you know, you're not really about, you know, this business you know, in show business, mm-hmm. unless you invest money in it. If you're not willing to mm-hmm. invest at least a dollar into your career, you can kiss that dream of making it goodbye because it's going to require you to invest some types. Even if you don't want to own mm-hmm. your equipment just yet, you know, you're going to have to pay money to rent mm-hmm. equipment. And I, I really highly, highly recommend that you mm-hmm. buy your own equipment because one, mm-hmm. you ain't got nobody telling you, oh, you only have like three days or a week to use this, and then you have to return it. You can use it as many yeah. times as you want. And dealing with the film school thing too, because you know, people say it's a bad <laughs> rep, but I hear also other bad reps when people say like, oh, why are you buying your own equipment? You don't need to buy your own equipment. Just rent it. No, if you're young, if you're young, especially being young and not you know making enough revenue as of yet, Start investing in your stuff. I I hate when people, you know, yeah, I remember being in school as well. And they say, like, you don't need to buy this and that. You could always rent you a camera. Like, no, I want to get consistent jobs. Like, right now, I'm young. I'm not getting consistent jobs yet, you know? Like, I'd rather invest in a camera. And then at least when I have that camera... I can shoot, you know, whoever asks, you know, okay, can you shoot this or that? I'm like, yeah, cool. I got my own camera. I'm going to go out there and shoot it. You know, if you can't afford a camera, just go to a pawn shop. Get your cheap little camera for like $200. That's what I did. Yeah. You know, and and in this case, your camera is overkill because when I got to play with that, I was like, man, this camera, (laughs) even though it's like a mirrorless camera and it's small, it packs a huge punch. Yeah, I mean, that was like just like a little. I just got it just to see what the hype was all about. Like, I mean, mirrorless cameras, I see them, you know, mirrorless cameras are pretty cool. So I say, each one of my camera, call them my camera babies, each one of my little camera <laughs> babies has their, own, <laughs> has their own little reason, has their own little tax that I, I prefer to use them for. Because right now I have about one, two, three, four, I have about five cameras. And each one of them has their own task. So, like, I use my mirrorless cameras for, you know, parties and, like, you know, people moving around and stuff like that. Because, you know, some some things a Sony can do that a Canon can't do. You know, and the same thing. Some things a a Canon can't do that a Nikon can do. It's just, like, each one of the cameras got their own little little thing and i have like three cannons i have a canon 70 70 and i have a canon t3 that was my very 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 first real camera i take pride in that camera (laughs) even though i need to take it back to the shop and get it fixed (laughs) but um i got that and then i have a canon t5 my uh pretty much i let my other photographer my photographer friend use so each one of them has like their own little task and like I use them you know I use them for for whatever you know the situation is so I'm like renting a camera like yeah I I do rent sometimes if the depending on what type of job it is but you know being young start investing in your own stuff 
And then later on, probably, yeah, you want to use a lens, special lens or whatever, yeah, go rent it. You know, you can use it yeah. for whatever day it is. But when you're young, you know, I learned that, you know, like I said, I learned that long when I was in film school. I said, I'm not going to rent this stuff. I'm just going to buy me a camera. And then I'm just going to start seeking out some people where I could just, you know, start build, slowly building up my demo reel. And that's how I did it. <laughs> With that cheap camera I bought from the car shop, that cheap little Canon T3 from the pawn shop. Yeah, and um, what advice would you give to your younger self, you know, if you could travel back in time? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. If I had to do it, I mean, like advice that I would give to the younger Kirby, Kirby, do not be lazy. And (laughs) like, number one, don't be lazy. But I'm going to cut that off. That was like... (laughs) Um, be consistent. Consistency. Consistency is a huge thing. If you're not consistent with your work, you're never going to, you're just going to be sitting there getting chunk change for the rest of your life. You're going to be wondering like, you know, why the hell I'm still in my situation right now? Just be consistent. You know, if I was more consistent back then, if I could have had known like the things that I was capable of back then, I probably wouldn't even be, I'd probably be where I'm, where I am today years ago. But, you know, like I say, I, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even going to lie. Like, wow. things happen for a reason. And I feel that now that I'm older now, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, that the things that are happening to me right now is happening because I felt that probably <laughs> later on the younger Kirby probably couldn't, wasn't going to be able to handle that. Deep thoughts from Kirby. Yeah, that's really, really good. And you know, <clears throat> and it's, it's it's incredible, you know, hearing your story and you just telling, you know, my audience, you know, mm-hmm. that giving them that encouragement and telling them like it is possible to get paid for your dreams and you have to just keep working at it, network with the right people and you know, yes. surround with individuals who are about their business as opposed to somebody that's just doing it just for the schoolwork and nothing nothing um mm-hmm. more and um you know I also right and I also want to ask you like you know how much do you get paid on average you know for all of your gigs because I know that you've done some higher end work yeah like I can't I started off with 50, I started, I'm just going to say like this, I started off from 50, dot, like, just video gigs from way back in the day. <laughs> I started off from doing, like, chunk chain gigs to, like, you know, my first gig, my first biggest gig that I got was a $1,500 gig. And it was just by word of mouth. Like, now it's, like, on average, I never get chunk change. All my shit is in, I'm going to say, like, my shit is in the hundreds now. Like, like it's just like pretty much I I came from twenty five dollar to thirty dollar type shit back then. But I'm like, <laughs> I was getting, I was getting, I was eating. Let's just say I was eating. <laughs> I was eating back then, but I I came from that to now. It's like to the point where I'm making like if I do like a video gig, it's gonna be of course like a party gig between. Two, three, it just all depends on the type of gig it is, but it's never like lesser than a hundred dollars. 
like it's just it's just on average on depending on the type of gig but i've came from chunk change to i can pay a bill with it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can can eat off of it it. yes i now i just say the sucky part about it is now to the point like I mentioned a little earlier, I said, damn, Kirby, you have to file file taxes on your stuff now. Like when you start filing taxes on your on your stuff, that means you're in real business now. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is and, that is like real business, you know. That's goals right there. And yeah, um, I, I also I'm dreading tax to, season this year. So <laughs> And I also want to ask you, what was your experience like working for HBO? Man, let me tell you that. Let me tell you about that experience. <laughs> I need a drink for this one. But yeah, that that was actually from word of mouth. That I got that really? gig. Yeah, from just like I tell people, networking is the key to getting into everything. I don't care if you do not wait to the last minute. That's why I say be consistent. If you stay networking, you'll run into the right people, and those right people will be able to get you jobs into the. Oh, excuse me, will be able to get you jobs into the industry. And I didn't even know I was had to shoot like this. It was actually because we signed like a non disclosure, but now we can talk about it now because it didn't go through. But hey, it's on my resume now. <laughs> but <laughs> you got bragging rights. Okay, but yeah, like we were. Um, I didn't even know I was going to be shooting that weekend because it was Super Bowl weekend. And one of the guys, um, some guy, he was shooting a reality show for HBO. And um, it was pretty much like they called me and they just said like, hey, can you come shoot? You know, can you shoot for blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So it was really fun. You know, and, and that's why I say, too, always have your own equipment. If you don't have your, I mean, that's why I say, let me talk, let me give, give y'all some little notes right here. Let me educate Uh-oh. y'all on some little Uh-oh. notes. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, so if you want some big gigs, especially like with some big clients like HBO or like Cinemax, not Cinemax, um, shoot, HBO or something like that, or just hell, like any network that hell that can just come to Houston they're looking for people they are looking for people I'm just gonna say that they're looking for a contract they're looking for contractors if you don't have your equipment well shoot tough luck on you invest in your own stuff because if you don't have your own stuff you won't be able to get those big gigs they say don't invest in they say don't buy equipment but I'm buying me some equipment because that's gonna be my yeah you know better you better buy your own shit because like you know that'll open up doors and you can shoot whenever you want to wherever you want Mm -hmm. to and practice your craft as much as you want to without having to be at the mercy of you know the university or the film school that you go to because Mm -hmm. like your own equipment is your property you can play with it do whatever the hell you want with it you you don't have to answer to nobody you just buy Mm -hmm. it and it's Hello, 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 hello. Shoot, my first, my when I, I'm gonna say this, when I got my Sony FS5, that's when I really started getting some gigs. I really started getting some gigs when I purchased my Sony FS5, and that's how like those big companies when they see that you got those cameras, they're gonna they're gonna be looking for people. 
So, you know, when they see that stuff, it's just like little private contractors. They'd be like, hey, we're shooting like a show or whatever. And we looking for like a, you know, we're looking for like a production company. They just be seeking for people. These people out there, they don't want to fly down here and shoot. They'd rather pay somebody and shoot, you know, whatever that they at. That's why I tell people, invest in your own equipment because that stuff can get you money. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a lot back. of money. Yeah, you make your money back and then some. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. When I purchased that FS5, I really started getting some big, I'm saying I got started getting some big shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when I really started seeing some money flow in. So, you know, that's, you know, I mean, between like the HBO stuff and then I've done, I can't even think, I've done so much stuff. <laughs> I've done yeah. so much stuff where my resume is looking like, oh, shoot, it's starting to look hella cluttered right now, so I'm going to have to fix it. But, yeah, it's like, I, the reason why I invested in my stuff was just, you know, I'd I be looking for contractors. Like, you know, what, what y'all need? You know, those L.A. companies that be coming, that be looking for people. Hell, I just talked to somebody this past weekend. He was in Houston from San Antonio, shooting in Houston. Because some L.A. person, some L.A. person was looking for somebody to shoot some footage in Texas. And I'm like, see, you know, he had his own equipment. He had a Sony FS7. He had his lighting. He had his own, his whole little shebang. So that's how you get those jobs when you start investing in your own stuff. (laughs) And there's a quote that, you know, I saw in the furniture store three years ago that says, it's by John Burroughs. I don't know Mm -hmm. who the hell it is, but this Mm -hmm. quote is on point. For anything mm-hmm. worth having, one must pay the price, and the price always seems cheap in hindsight. Yep. And it takes money to make money. Don't ever be afraid to you look at something and say, oh, that's too much money. No, it's an investment. It's an investment. You know, people, that's, you know, that's what's wrong with people. They're scared to invest in themselves. You know, it's like you know, I was I was waking up this morning. You know, I had to go somewhere this morning. I had to go. I was stuck in traffic because it was like the nine to five stuff. You know, people are scared to get outside their com- people are scared to get outside their comfort zone and fulfill their dreams. Like we're only on this earth for so long. Hell, if I'm gonna be on this earth for so long, I'd rather you know do something that I enjoy doing, which is film. So, hell, if I'm going to do film, I'm about to invest in myself. I'm about to get all the equipment that I need to be successful with it, because I just don't want to just sit there and just like... Yeah. Y'all going to hire me? I got jobs? You know? (laughs) I'm about to show people what I can do. I'm about to show my crap and what I can do, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel that. And also, Swift Productions guy that I talked about he said when mm-hmm. he was 18, that's when he bought his first red camera. And I'm like, at 18, you buying a red camera already? Okay. That, that is that is a big-ass investment for an 18-year-old. But that goes to show you, he was mm-hmm. really serious to spend at least 10K on a camera body alone, you know, yep. plus lenses. But the yep. point is, you ain't got to... St- you go you ain't gotta go crazy like he did and buy a red camera. You can just get you a simple Canon T three I and start out and shoot stuff that way because you know a lot of people in the film community, mm-hmm. let's just face it, are gear snobs. And oh yeah. They, they focus way too much on the gear. They say, Oh, you know, you're shooting on a Nikon, shoot on a Canon. That's a real camera. 
mm-hmm. back to me when you got a real camera, dude. You know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. But it's not about the gear. It's about how you use the gear because I've seen some people mm-hmm. shoot creative stuff just on their cell phones and they do mm-hmm. top of stuff. Whereas a person with a DSLR or a cinema mm-hmm. camera, their stuff looks like crap because they don't understand lighting and composition and editing and storytelling yep. and color, grading, yep. color correcting and all this small stuff that you need to know in order to get your story to be told in the best possible way. Right, right. I mean, there's so many gear snobs out there. And that's what a dot. Dot, 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 dot. So many gear <laughs> the snobs thoughts out of there. The, the thoughts of the <laughs> film industry. Pip, pip, with a capital exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I said, my camera wasn't even like, like I said, my real first like DSLR was the Canon T3, but I was shooting with a can with a Sony CyberShot. That was my other <laughs> first real camera, a Sony CyberShot. That was a point and shoot camera. I was I was shooting amazing pictures and videos with that camera. I don't care what you have. I have seen people, like I said, I should, I've seen people shot with black magic cameras. I've seen people shot with uh, uh, Canon. T5, T, not T5, I've seen people shot with Canon, um, what's that, um, Canon 5D Mark IVs, $3,000 cameras, footage look like shit. <laughs> look like somebody <laughs> shot it on the freaking potato, like it looked like straight doo <laughs> like. Exactly. How? Like smeared it all on. Like, dang, what did you shoot this with? I have had people who came to me with the most expensive cameras. More expensive than my camera babies and asking me, well, what does this look like? And I'll just be point blank honest with you. I say, I think it looks like shit. I'm going to give you my critique <laughs> with it. Damn, <laughs> but, and it's not, I said, it's not because of your camera. It's the way you shot it. Because if you don't know how to set your apertures, your f-stops, if you're in, in, in lighting, know how to set up your, 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 um, your, your lighting in darkness and like and the golden hour lighting, like your footage is gonna look like it was shot on a flip phone. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. We see, you know, videos and pics from flip phones from back in the day. Oh man, I know, right? Making me feel old now. You said back in the day, now. <laughs> I mean, but I yeah. was around during that time. You know, I was a little kid yeah. using those cameras, yeah. but you know, at the same time, looking back mm-hmm. at them. You know, cell phone cameras have advanced big time, which is also another point Mm -hmm. I want to delve into is, you know, if you don't have the funds to invest in a DSLR, much less a cinema camera, just clear up some space on your phone and just download iMovie or Adobe Premiere Russia, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. if you don't, if you're not an iPhone owner, just look on your app store and see what free video editing apps you can use. It doesn't have to be the fanciest, Mm -hmm. it just needs to be something to get you started with because even if you want to do YouTube videos, mm-hmm. only the only thing you have to do is just get started. That's all. And to add my favorite free, my favorite free apps, and I recommend this to a lot of people who can't afford those apps, but my favorite free free apps is Splice. Um, and then there's another one. I've seen people edit with Power Director. I never tried it, but I see a lot of I've people heard of Power it, Director. But I and moving... then InShot iMovie and um, Adobe Premiere Rush are free. You know, those don't mm-hmm. cost any money, thank goodness. But, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, hey, use what you got. I have 
edit stuff on my phone plenty of times. If I'm in a rush, I'm going to edit the stuff on my phone and make it look flawless. So you always have options out there. You guys have more options than what I did back in the day. Yeah, I got way more <laughs> options today. I'm just saying, use it to the advantage. Don't let it sit. <laughs> you got a phone, use it. If you but don't have most, a phone, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, and most people, you know, who own like these thousand dollar phones just use it just to surf Instagram and social media and just to watch other people live their dreams when they have like the tool right in front of them. Like iPhones can shoot slow mo. They have portrait mode. Yep. You can do all this cool stuff on the cell phone that you couldn't do mm-hmm. back in the day. You would have killed mm-hmm. to have this back in the day because that would have made your images and your movies a lot higher quality. Yeah, I had an iPhone 4. It wasn't even able to do all of this stuff that my new phone can do. So <laughs> I remember those. No, I, said- I remember the iPhone, the first iPhone and the iPhone 3 mm-hmm. and the iPhone 4s. I remember those. Yeah, the very, very, very first. I didn't have the very first iPhone. I had an iPhone. My very first iPhone was an iPhone 4. And then I had like a, a Android phone as well. I had like the little, I don't know what you call it thing. It used to slide up and stuff like that. But I've done some cool stuff with it, though. I'm not even going to lie. Like when I had uh, my little Android phone and I had a BlackBerry, you know, <laughs> I was able to do some cool stuff with it. You know, we didn't have, like I say, we didn't have these apps that, that you guys have today. I mean, I'm using the apps and you know, like I'm in another dimension or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> like back then, <laughs> like I say, back then we didn't have those apps like you guys have today. We had to actually shoot footage, go on our computers and physically edit. We we couldn't edit on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I definitely, my very first iPhone was an iPhone 5. And I think that was the very first <laughs> iPhone to have time lapse and pana and panoramic oh yeah Lomo. yeah and i remember around that time i thought i was doing something because i had an iphone i'm like hell yeah i got an iphone now. <laughs> look at you remind me when i got my four <laughs> <laughs> for real for real but i mean even so for my android users as well you do have options so you ain't gotta have an iPhone. If you ain't got an iPhone, you better whip out that Android and look for some apps. <laughs> I don't care what you have, shoot with it. You gotta you got a little camera on the back of your phone, shoot, edit, and show people what you can do. Don't say you can't. You got options. Cause if I was if you know, if this if this was like back when I was 14, oh, I would have been real famous then. I would have real <laughs> been a Yeah, because that was before YouTube <laughs> even existed and Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. No, Facebook actually existed. Facebook actually existed. Facebook existed when I was in high school. But back in the day, little education, you had to be invited by a college student. I was nine I was in ninth grade when uh I got my first Facebook page to before they sold it to the government. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Real true story, true story. Yeah, you know, I've heard about that. You know, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. in general that you know the only social media that y'all had was like MySpace and Friendster but you know people Zanga. and people weren't uploading videos I heard it was very hard Mm-mm. to upload videos on the internet back then you really couldn't even like I mean back then it was like they only give shoot I'm gonna say we came from a I came from an age where like two or three megabytes 
was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't know nothing about that stuff. Like, ooh, this is like three megabytes. That's like a lot of megabytes. But then, like, when you look at it, now we're in the days like, ooh, 30 gigabytes? That's not even that much. Yeah. <laughs> I need a terabyte. <laughs> yeah, because, like, having a 30 gigabyte, you know, memory card, you know, and trying to store videos on that, that's not going to be enough. No. And it's funny to mention because I said I came across like one of my old cameras and I looked at it and I said, dang, this thing has like 10 megabytes. That was a lot back in the day. Sure. Like, what was I recording? That must have been that MP4 or something. Not MP4, like MPEG. Yeah, VGA, <laughs> that VGA resolution. <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> Or that three G, uh, three GP or something. <laughs> <laughs> now that was one made. That was like a kilobyte. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know, how did you feel when you saw like a full HD camera for the first time and you saw that image of like ten eighty p? It was like me watching a four K video for the first time. <laughs> I mean, it was like I was watching a 4K video. I said, oh, wow, this can do, like, a whole lot. I need to do this, you know? I said, I need to step up my game. That was, like, my reaction. Because I said, well, shoot, like, the 1080p and stuff like that. I said, oh, that's television. Um, That's television size. So that means, like, if I record something, that means I can watch it on my TV in the crisp, like crisp and like very clear. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was like totally cool. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's fascinating because like we used to use that four by three aspect ratio. Now we use 16 by nine as the native aspect ratio now. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like how you watch like old movies. And like you know, I mean, I gotta say, I came from the box screen, era, the box TV era. So. The booty back, they call them the booty back TVs. <laughs> the booty back TV era. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> got that so TV funny. at your grandma's house with the little t- okay the turners. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. Like I didn't. I mean, I came from an era like shoot. I mean, I didn't have like a a people be wondering what a VCR is. I said, if I pop that bad boy up on my TV today, it's going to have like a four by, it's going to be looking four by three-ish on my uh, TV. <laughs> yeah, you know, like and, my, and you go to your grandma's house and she has a full box of VHS tapes and then you got the VCR <laughs> sitting in the front and y'all just watch home uh-huh. or the Rugrats. I know. <laughs> oh, I still have my, I still have my VHS of Rugrats. Believe it or not, people, I still have that, but I don't have a VCR, unfortunately, so I can't watch it. I'm going to have to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just crazy. Like, when you watch it, you know, watching old, I mean, because I love old movies. I love old movies, and I love how they used to film, because they back then, they had, like, the, you know, that's another thing, too, because I know I mentioned, like, you know, back in my day, but I love to talk to, like, when I was working at the TV station, I used to talk to, like, you know, other people who used to work for uh, Channel 2, Channel 13. And they used to tell me how, like, back in their days, it's just amazing just to hear, like, you know, people who are in film, 
how they used to shoot things back in their days. And they was yeah. telling me, man, y'all got it made. He said, well, back then we were actually filming, filming with tape. And I just said, like, I salute all the filmmakers from back in the day because I don't know how y'all was able to do it because y'all had to load up the um yes. load up the, the cameras and stuff like that. Y'all have like the stuff that we have. I say, you can just like whip it out your pocket and press record. Exactly. It was like more harder. It was like you had to have like actual tapes on you. And it was yeah. just big beta tapes, big beta max tapes. And my friend, like, like I used to do like a be like a media artist, and like I used to get like the big Beta Max tapes and load them into a big Beta Max player, and just like you know convert this to digital. And I'm like, wow! I salute the old filmmakers from back in the day because yeah, like I not only them. yes, and not only that, it's just like the whole editing process as well. Because like I don't know if you guys seen like the old editors from back then, like how you used to actually had to color correct by turning the knobs and stuff like that. Like I salute, I salute the pioneers. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and that just makes me have a great respect for the digital tools that we have today because, like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to be responsible for taking out the film canisters and then going and using a Moviola editing suite and having to manually cut, you know? Yes! Oh, and I took a class on that. I took a class. I took a, like, it was in the summer where we actually had to create a film. We had to create a film on a, um... I forgot what you call it. A a bell, I think the a Bell and Howard camera. We had to do a film on a Bell and Howard camera. It was like the little film, the little film reels, and we actually had to edit. We had to edit the actual video, the video that the not even a video. We actually had to edit the um the little reel. And I was like, how are we gonna edit this? <laughs> so we had to do the little <laughs> chopping with the scissors and like the. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I like, how did they film uh, the Ten Commandments with this? Like, I salute the people who filmed the t- who had to edit the Ten Commandments, especially with the visual effects, though. I always, yes, the visual effects. I'm like, how y'all did that? Because y'all don't have no Adobe Premiere or iMovie. That wasn't invented back. They didn't have Final Cut. They didn't have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly I'm like how do y'all do this but it was I mean the fact that we had to glue it and then we had to cut it if we mess up it was like I'm like I, I, I don't know how y'all did this I wouldn't be able to sit here all day and just like I would I am, I, am a, <laughs> I am an impatient person I would probably just be like fuck this and just walk out the room like this too much okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just pop okay. in an SD card Open up Final Cut, cut it up real quick, put it on the internet. Okay, it I is. Like, I'm leaving. I'm like, okay, you have to, you have to, um, you have to edit Ben Hur today. I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I quit. You gotta edit. I'm like, oh gosh, get that, y'all. Or, y'all, or, y'all. or you gotta edit Schindler's List, which is a three hour long movie. I say, fuck this shit. I'm leaving. 
Good gracious, man. But I, I do have some move for the people who paved the way for us people today. So Yeah, they were the harder, stories. they were the hard generation. They had to go through the muck and the suck so that we get to see as creative as fast as we want to. For real. And I was talking to somebody as well, like this was actually a well known artist. That was telling me about how back then, I mean, not even back then, like in the early 2000s, like, so they were actually still filming on tape and how, like, when they shot a music video, it wasn't like you press record and that whole little, you know, memory card will save up for the whole time. It wasn't even like that. You had to load the camera into the, the, the little Panavision camera and then, like, you know, it was just hell. They have like 30 or 40 film reels in the back of the truck. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Yes. I'm like, wow. I just like, we have, film has came a long way. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it certainly has. And um, so what would be like some last words of wisdom that you would give to the audience before we wrap up this show? Just Words of wisdom from Kirby, do not give up. Do not give up. Things may seem things may seem like you're not going nowhere, but just keep going. Just keep going. Do not give up and stay consistent. Like I mentioned, stay consistent at what you do because once you stay consistent at it and once you start realizing and knowing what you're worth, then those real like film stuff is going to come along the way. Always network with people because it just takes one person. It just takes one person to, you know, to break you in that industry, to put you in that water. And like, once you get in that water and then more things are going to come your way. Like you, if you're on the shore, you got to get in that water. Cause if you're on the shore, it's going to be like, you're not consistent yet. You got to get in that water and <laughs> start getting more, getting more things to come your way. So, <laughs> Yes, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a shark. So just get in that water and network, stay consistent, and don't give up. Yeah, just start now. If you're a freshman, if you're a freshman in college, I don't care if you're in high school, start getting into that. Start getting into that mindset of what you want to do, like what you want your your long run to be, what you want your long goal terms, your long your long goal plans to be. Start working on it, cause once you start working on it, and again, once you start being consistent, it's gonna be like I'm just gonna say, it like me, pretty much film is gonna be you wake, eat, breathe, you you wake up, and you grab your camera case and you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, you basically eat, sleep, and shit filmmaking. Exactly, 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 exactly. Yes, and um, where can people mm-hmm. find you? On Instagram, next JJ. On uh, Facebook, Kirby, 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 just Kirby, 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 three Kirby's. <laughs> and um, if you want to check out my work, it's KirbyPixieProductions.com. K I R B Y P I X I E Productions P R O D U C T I O N S dot com. You'll see all my work. Well, not all of it. This is a little sample of what I do. So. You'll check that out. So yeah, and if you want to like find me on Twitter or whatever, I usually don't. I'm a little changey, but my Twitter is next JJ. So Instagram, 
Next JJ. Facebook, Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Connect with me. And yeah, and check out my work at KirbyPixieProductions.com. All right, Kirby, thank you for coming on the show and giving those words of wisdom. I definitely enjoyed having you as a guest yeah. on my show. And, you know, hopefully you can come back on the show and update us on how your career has been going and what moves you've been making, you know, ever since time has passed from today. And um, Definitely. Yeah. So I'm about to be signing off. You know, I thank you for being here and let's thank work together you. soon. Bet. Definitely. Definitely. And all right, guys. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode. If you've gotten a lot of value out of it, make sure to go ahead and share this on all your social media platforms and with your friends and family that are creatives in general so that we can go ahead and reach as many people as we can. If you want to donate to the podcast, the link will be in the show notes. And also all of Kirby's social media platforms will be in the show notes as well. And if you need any personal development and spirituality information, I got you covered. And my YouTube channel is Spiritual Intellectual 777. The link to that will be in the show notes as well. And as always, keep staying awesome, guys. Keep creating. Keep on rising up. Keep staying in your truth. And always, always, always express yourself how you see fit as long as you're harming, as long as you're not harming anyone. Okay? Peace and out with the highest vibes and I'll see you guys next time.